on, everybody, and welcome back to the Fire Podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and this is episode 150. Yo, we made it, man. 150 episodes up, and we're not slowing down anytime soon because you know this is the best combat sports and culture podcast in the world. And uh, let everybody who you know know about this show. Uh, we're everywhere podcasts are available, uh, Apple Music. Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everywhere, man. Check us out on social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. Check out the website, thefightpodcast.com, and uh, communicate with me there, man. So we've been getting getting a lot of great responses, so keep them coming. Keep telling your friends, and we're going to keep all pumping up amazing content for you guys. Uh, man, on today's menu, we're going to talk about so many dope things, man. We have a great show for you guys today. Um, but before we get to that, really quick, I want to take a quick moment and um, address a couple things. Um, unfortunately, we lost a couple people in the boxing combat sports community after this past weekend. Patrick Day. Patrick Day, he competed this weekend here in Chicago on the uh, Usyk card, um, had a rough loss, man, got a TKO loss and um, ended up uh, succumbing to, uh, what is it, to traumatic brain injury from the fight, man. So his prayers up to him and his family. Um, that is a tragic, man. That's another death that we have had in the combat sports community over the last couple months. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how we can prevent some of these things, but um, people at the same token, man, we we all understand when we get in there, they understand. Um, that's unfortunately is part of the game. And um, hopefully we can come up with different ways to mitigate those type of things, rather be you know limiting damage when people are training or once people see the first signs of getting hurt um just calling the fight man live to fight another day um we don't have to all be tough guys so um that's really sad man uh prayers up to patrick day and his family um it's super sad uh, that that happened also on a political scale um and here for the country man in uh um uh congressperson uh congressman elijah cummings uh actually passed away this morning 68 years old bro um he's someone who has always been a big activist in the community um everything from the civil rights movement to now he's been continuing fighting for uh people and really represents that uh that community of baltimore man so um prayers up to him man salute to he and him and his family um it's been it's sad a little sad vibe this morning unfortunately but um but look um again prayers up to all those individuals and um you know, hopefully that we can on, for instance, Elijah Cummings end, we can represent his memory well and continue pushing on some of the platforms that he wanted. And on the other side, Patrick Day, man, hopefully, you know, people can learn from this. And, you know, again, um, hopefully that his family is taken care of. All right. Finally, um, not to just try to push that out the way, man, but I want to get that going right from the jump because we do have an amazing show for you guys today. And on today's menu, we are knocking out five rounds of fight news. I've told you guys before, um, this is how we're going to do it from now on, man. Five solid rounds. We're gonna. It's like a championship fight in here, man. We're going to go ahead and always give you five of the most prominent, of the most important fight 
news, uh, drama, rumors, whatever it may be of the fight um, world. Um, so we end up doing that for you guys. So we're doing that on this week. We're actually going to talk about um, ESPN dropped their top fighters list for fighters under 25 years old. Look, man, did they get it right? All right. So I'm going to talk about did they get it right? And or should I say, is it just another one of those trash like top 50 greatest rappers lists, man? So we'll see. We'll discuss that. Um, I'll also be talking about and reviewing that Chuck and Tito doc that ESPN just dropped. It was their 30 for 30. It was actually the first MMA 30 for 30 that they've done. So that's a big deal. Obviously, I think that shows and continues to put out there that this is, you know, an MMA is a mainstream sport now. And so that's really dope that that happened. So we'll be talking about that. We will also um, be talking about UFC Boston this upcoming weekend. Um, That is headlined by Chris Weidman, the former middleweight champion, 185. He's moving up a weight class, fighting one of the top contenders in the division. That's Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes is an undefeated dude. Looks totally devastating, man. Chris Weidman, we'll see. He's the number eight ranked middleweight in the world. He's fighting the number four ranked... um, um <laughs> light heavyweight and to be honest with you guys man whoever wins this fight truly does put themselves in contention f- to fight john jones for that next um you know chance at the chip so uh we'll and lastly we'll talk about the wbc and the ibf light heavyweight title man so look we have a lot to get on the show today and uh really quick remember man each week the podcast is brought to you guys by sage eats sage eats healthy meals fitness mentoring check them out sageeatschicago.com that's what they're there for man um if you're not in chicago they do also do fitness mentoring, right? Workouts for you guys and really take care of you there, man. So check them out, sageeatschicago.com. And as always, check out the Fight Podcast at the Fight Podcast, man. All right, jumping right into it. Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, man. Um, ESPN dropped their um, 30 for 30 doc. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. It was... First of all, I mean, you you have to have some feels, right? Um, right off the bat, when I finally realized this is the first MMA 30 for 30, it really gave me a little sense of like accomplishment. Look, I had nothing to do with it, but being a fan from way back when, it was really good feeling to say, yo, man, we've made it. You know what I mean? So that was really dope. Um, when it kicks off, it really goes through a couple different components, right? And look, man, this is my review if you don't like it, nah, it's okay. That's your opinion. This is mine. So um, I'm not going to lie. I really liked it. It was, um, I'm not going to, it was funny because at times it did seem like it was a little bit biased in terms of uh, for Chuck Liddell. Remember, Chuck Liddell is still in good graces with Dana White. Dana White is in cahoots with ESPN. It's the ESPN 30 for 30 doc. So All right. You know, even Tito went on his IG story and said, hey, guys, I feel like that's a little biased, but it's okay." Um, They went through a couple different components of it. Right. So they went ahead and they jumped through, obviously, the early years and showing how each of these dudes came up their backgrounds, which was kind of cool. And being a fan, you know about all this stuff. But one thing you really don't think about it was was really how tight they were. 
And it's cool how they show, dude, these dudes used to train together. They were buddies. Um, when one got together for a big fight, the other one was ready for a big fight also. So it shows how these dudes had this really dope friendship when it got time for them to fight or, you know, they were both the top guys in the division. Jealousy, money, fame. All these things started coming into account and their friendship ended up deteriorating. So it was really interesting seeing from like that all the way to the highs when they finally fought for the first time at UFC 47, how Chuck put them yammers on them, um, how, you know, the the fall while Chuck ends up becoming like the biggest superstar in the sport. Um, and all while this is going on, I'm watching and they're showing all of these moments. And it's it was such a great nostalgic feel. You know what I mean? It was a really good feel. It was a lot of fun uh, to watch it. Um, but yeah, man, all in all, it was great. It was sad, though, too. At the same time, especially like all the way through the glory years and all the stuff like leading up to it. I thought it was incredible. Once you start getting to the end after, you know, you see Chuck getting beat up and knocked out over and over again. And then you see them fight again when they fought under Golden Boy and that disaster of a card that they had. The only thing that's good that has come out of that card is Darren Wynn. Darren Wynn is fighting actually on this weekend's card in UFC Boston which also happens to be on Friday night, not Saturday. Not sure why, but I'll talk about that also. Remember, Friday night fights this week with you with the um, UFC. That's going to be on ESPN. So, hey, that's I, I have to remember. I'm saying it for myself too. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Darren Wynn came out of there. But that's about it. And they showed how my man got completely just blasted by. Tito, who was still an active fighter at the time. So um, there was obviously it's moments. I think it was done incredibly well. It is definitely worth watching. And I believe it's on like ESPN plus or something like that. And you can check it out for their 30 for 30. But as an MMA fan, as an MMA person, you can say, um, I think this is important. This is something that further puts us into the present this is something that continues pushing the narrative continue making this sport as mainstream as possible and when with that happens again the sport's going to get better 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 and better man so hey great one all right round two so this next one i i found to be interesting right there is always a comparison in especially when we're talking about like with the last one with chuck and tito how the there was a growth and one of the biggest things that they showed and talked about with Tito Ortiz was how he really tried to mirror Tank Abbott and how Tank Abbott and these guys took that WWE approach to selling and marketing themselves right so there's always been this comparison and this mirroring of pro wrestling and MMA and there absolutely as much as I'm not going to lie to you guys I'm not the biggest and I've talked about this I'm not the biggest wrestling guy in the world, the pro wrestling guy in the world. But at the end of the day, man, there's there's the roots of MMA are in pro wrestling. You see that from like the shows in, um, well, shit, catch wrestling, catch wrestling itself was that that's what it has, how they both essentially originated. 
So you have a lot of these things going on. You have a lot of these things happening, right? And um, we're starting to see more and more crossover, especially with the bigger stars. You have your disasters like CM Punk, but at the end of the day, Brock Lesnar, who was a champion and he was a legitimate badass. And you have Ronda Rousey, he's over there. Jack Swagger went from over, over from the pro wrestling end. Now he's in MMA. So you're seeing the back and forth of different people. King Mola Wolf has done it. Rampage Jackson has done it. Um, and now you're starting to see bigger and bigger names. The most recent one to come on is Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez, I came on here and talked about not too long ago how he did the, you know, the WWE for, you know, Mexico was a triple A or something like that. And he came out as El Toro. He had the mask on, did the whole Lucha Libre thing. And yo, dude was amazing, right? Did all kinds of amazing athletic stuff that we didn't know he can do. Fast forward to, or should I say, rewind to this past weekend. On Friday, he's on, he's wrestling against Brock Lesnar. So he's in the WWE. He ends up signing, and now he is officially, he signed a lucrative multi-year deal with the WWE. Look, man, I'm happy for this dude. He said um, that even Dana White released him from his contract. He was really excited for him. And this is a good thing, man. People obviously are going to, like, question it, but this is a way that, I can say at times fighters, if they're still have something, you have like Daniel Cormier can do it. Somebody who's athletic, somebody who's there for the theatrics and somebody who actually has the work ethic to do it. So you have individuals like him who's able to pull this off. And you even have people like, um, what's this dude's name? Uh, Dusty Rhodes, man. He's one of the eight, the head dudes over at AEW. Yo, wrestling fans, please don't kill me. <laughs> I understand. I don't know. Maybe I had his name wrong or whatever. But at the end of the day, he did come on and uh, said some really positive things about Kane, man. He said that he was really impressed with him. He seemed like a big kid. He was breathing in and allowing this, himself to take the time and see and feel the crowd. I'm happy to see that in the debut. I loved his 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 shows, his what is his, his Taurus is really special too. I would love to see everybody in the ring at AEW at some point, even if it's for a one-off. Kane also didn't have the happy feet and was very calm, even when moving quickly ahead of his of most. So that's somebody who is in the industry, and that kind of proves that Kane has the potential to be a star over there. So if he has the ability to go over there not get beat up, not really get punched in the face and be able to continue making, which sounds like millions of dollars. Yo, this is great. And if you are somebody whom is really growing in the sport, somebody who isn't getting paid over there anymore or is, again, getting a little longer in the tooth and you still have some crossover appeal, man, why not? So I don't think this is a bad thing and I am going to do you guys are solid. I'm going to do everybody a solid. I'm going to start paying a little bit more attention to what's going on in pro wrestling. I actually have an insider, a friend of mine from college. She actually used to work with the WWE, and I'm going to bring her on the show also and have her talk about some of the big events that is coming to you guys super soon, man. So we're going to see what this wrestling's about, man. I'm going to give it a shot, especially now that it seems like it's going to be one 
one of the golden eras of wrestling, one of the another big booms. And we got guys like Cain Velasquez and Daniel Cormier and everybody uh, sticking around. So look, I'm not totally sold. I'm not totally buying in, but check it out. I, I'm, I'm in here for right now. <laughs> All right. All right, man. That was round two. Um, remember, guys, check us out everywhere podcasts are available. That's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tell everybody this is the best combat sports and culture show in the world, in the universe, man. So please check us out. Let everybody know. All right. Round three. Round three, man. Vegas odds have recently opened up for Khabib Nurmagomedov, the the lightweight king, the pound-for-pound great against the proverbial goat in George St. Pierre. Now, I know the question is, yo, is this fight happening? Was something announced? Did I miss it? No. Nothing was announced. Nobody has said anything. But there has been a couple rumblings as of recently. And for somebody like myself... I'm starting to have a little bit more hope that this fight actually will happen in the very near future. So Dana White, who was always vehemently, no, it's not happening. I don't want George to win a belt, take the belt, leave again. And then my division is in whack because my champion just got scuffed. He said he didn't want that. But after Khabib absolutely did work and finished Dustin Poirier, he was asked again about it. And this is Dana White, the president of the UFC. What he, was, what he pretty much said was, look, at the end of the day, Tony Ferguson has the next crack at the belt. But after that, who knows? He might be interested. So, obviously, Khabib is recently asked about it. Khabib says, I want that fight. And then we go on Khabib's Instagram and this dude is out here pretty much looking like a salmon. He is swimming upstream in Dagestan. It's like freezing below zero water. This dude has a shirt off. It's out there on some Captain America-ish. Dude is wild. So next thing you know, you're hearing George Champier's coach, Faraz Zahabi of TriStar saying, nah, man, George trains every day. He's still the best in the world, and he wants to compete. So because of that, and because both guys have pretty much said, yeah, man, we would love to fight each other in the very near future, Khabib even recently acknowledged on, a, on another show that, look, man, you can't stay undefeated forever. I only got a couple more fights, and I'm out. What better way to go out to bring two of these massive superstars together? So Vegas obviously goes out there and the opening odds for this GSP plus 300 Khabib minus 400. Yo, they got Khabib as a pretty big favorite, bro. Did they get it right? Do I agree with Vegas? I had to think about it. And the more I think about it, I'm going to be honest with you. Man, hell no. I don't agree with this at all. I think this fight is a much closer fight than people understand. Couple reasons. The reason why I say it should more be even money. One, George St. Pierre never gets out of shape. 
two, he's the naturally bigger guy. They're probably roughly walking around the same size now, but George has fought all the way up and won the belt at middleweight in comparison to Khabib, who fights at 155 pounds. So already, size, I kind of kind of look at George St. Pierre. Striking. Yeah, we know how great Khabib is with his, ta- his wrestling and his takedowns. But George is also known for his wrestling and his takedowns. So what's going to separate the two? It's the striking. George has always done an amazing job of whatever you're good at, I'm going to take that away from you. Look what he did to Josh Koscheck. Look what he did to, again, any wrestler, you know, uh, Jake Shields. Anybody who has a great skill set, I'm going to take that from you. He's good at doing that. Can Khabib do the same? Is Khabib's relentless pressure enough to take George down? And if he does take George down, does it even matter? Because George is one of the, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he's nasty off of his back. Or is it all based on, look, man, Khabib is younger. He's more active. That's the guy. There's too many question marks. And if there's this many question marks, I cannot give Khabib that be, be that big of a favorite. So to me, nah, man, I, at this point in time, I think it should be even money. And if, this, if they did fight and this was still the betting odds leading up to the fight, yo, I'm saying put a rack on George. Because I'm going to be honest with you, you're going to leave out there really, really happy. All right, man. Oh, look, moving right along, man. We're going to keep it moving today. Uh, We have a lot to get into. Round four. One championship is out here. They're really starting to do an amazing job. They're moving into the American market. They finally made their debut this past weekend on TNT. And it seems like they're going to do a lot more to end up coming into and joining the, um, you know, getting more into the American market. Recently, your boy, at least not your boy, not uh, not Buddy from the UFC. Terrible nickname, though. Your boy? Really? Like, fam, that's lazy. Somebody had to give you a better nickname than that, man. That's Eric Anders. Eric Anders, his nickname is your boy. <laughs> uh, let me pull this up, man. But look, um, recently in an interview, um, the Demetrius Johnson, the Flyway Grand Prix champion, was recently asked um, about it. And I'm pulling this up on uh, MixedMartialArts.com for you guys. But uh, he pretty much had a quote where he was talking about what they are going to end up doing in. And here it is right here. Also, how the American market would actually Enjoy one championship because it is different from the UFC. UFC, obviously, they're brash. They're in your face. They come from that pro wrestling, right? Which all MMA does. But then you have one championship, which is this stark difference where it's like this super martial arts, super, you know, like where we're we're honorable, Bushido code, right? So he comes on and says, in terms of would the American market like it? He said, yo, when one championship made this deal with TNT, they were going to be showing more live events. When one comes to North America, they're going to be... Hold on, put this close to me. Uh, um, when, when one comes to North America, they're going to be broadcasting more on TNT. Everybody can expect to see more. If we go to Madison Square Garden, I think... 
we can sell the place out if you bring some high level martial artists over there so you bring over your raw tag you bring over your Giorgio Petrosian you bring over your Christian Lee there's so many great athletes first of all Christian Lee is somebody who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. He is one of the best fighters in the world. He is under 25, and he is on that best fighters under 25 list. I'm going to tell you exactly where I think he should be. And uh, and think about it. DJ, somebody who a lot of people believe is the best fighter in the world, is talking about this kid and bringing him here. All right, so you have him. He said there's always also so many other great athletes. Put on some kickboxing, some Muay Thai, and four-ounce gloves, which is nuts. If you haven't had an opportunity to check it out, you should. He keeps going on to say, if you're a true martial arts fan, you want to see some high-level striking mixed martial arts, I think you won't be disappointed. Um, look, I think it's a big deal that he's talking about MSG and what they will be possibly doing in the UFC because his head coach is one of the big execs in one championship. That's the reason why DJ doesn't have a corner, man. He pretty much trains himself when he's in there. So it's interesting to see this happening. I believe that if they do come to the U.S., they will sell out shows. And I think it will be a huge, um, huge thing. And honestly, man, look, the more the merrier. Their event last time was great. And I do believe that in the near future, one championship will be competing with the U with UFC here in the States, man. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I'm telling you, that's what I see coming within the next few years. At least in the mix with them and Beltor. But I, I see them surpassing Beltor. Um, all right, let's finish up with round five, man. Round five, top five athletes top five mma fighters under 25 list on espn espn went ahead and dropped a list just like hip-hop dx does they dropped this list and they pretty much put it out there this is their list who is the best mma fighter under 25 years old i'm gonna just take the top five and let's see if they got it right because we already know with the majority of these lists First of all, nobody puts a name on it. They just say it's some of the biggest, you know, their their journalists on staff. But at the end of the day, nobody puts their name to it. They do the same thing with hip hop lists. That's why Joe Button was number three. Come on, let's keep it a buck. With this list, let's see if they got it right. And I'm gonna tell you their top five. Number one, they have Antonio McKee. Antonio McKee. 15 and 0, all with Bellator is on a tear. Number two, UFC's Sean O'Malley, 10 and 0. Number three, UFC's Edmund Shabazian, 10 and 0. Number four, UFC's Narsquart Hopscotch. I'm sorry, I have that totally wrong, but this dude is dope. He looks like Kelvin Gastelum, Super Monster. 11 and 2, Aspen Ladd, 8 and 1. Mackenzie, or um, um, yeah, uh, Macy Barber, who's actually also on this weekend's card, seven and no. That's the top five. Did they get it right? Here's the thing all these athletes, they're right, are great. I'm super surprised that they put Antonio McKee, um, number one, not because he's not deserving, he's absolutely my number one. 
in that list. Dude is an absolute beast. Just got done competing in the first round of the Featherweight Grand Prix that is happening over in Bellator right now. And guess what? He goes out there and gets an eight-second knockout. Dude is a beast. He can finish you on this on your feet on his feet. He can finish you on the ground. Dude is extremely well-rounded, man. He's somebody to watch out for. Okay. I love that. Sean O'Malley, number two. Sean O'Malley's dope. He's really good. No, he shouldn't be number two. Not for any fault of his own, but at the end of the day. He hasn't fought in like a year and a half. Out of sight, out of mind, baby. He can't be there. So the fact that all of them put him as number two, now nah, I can't do it because no one's talking about him at this present moment in time. Who would I have as my number two? How would I switch this up? Because I agree, the number one, yeah, McKee, he got it. Number two, I got to go to Bellator. I'm sorry, not Bellator. I got to go to one. And I have to go with Christian Lee. Christian Lee is an absolute beast. He's 13 and three. He just won the one over the, over the weekend, the one um, Grand Prix lightweight title. Remember, lightweights are some of the best fighters in the world, man. No matter what organization, that tends to be the best weight class. He is the Grand Prix champion, but he is also their title holder. So literally, this dude went out there and he took that fight on 10 days notice. Oh, and he's only 23 years old. How is that kid who was the champion in the best weight class in one of the biggest organizations in the world? How is he ranked all the way down at 22? What? Absolutely not, man. This kid should be number two on the list. Also, who should be higher is his sister. She's also a title holder and also won the belt for one championship. Angela Lee was ranked number 14. She has to be in your top five. She's 10 and two. You cannot put Macy Barber there. She hasn't fought for a title. Angela Lee has fought for multiple titles, defended her belt multiple times in one of the biggest organizations in the world. Fam, we can't just be biased towards the UFC. Shabazian, yes, I think that dude could be a star. He has the look. He has the skills. I haven't seen a chink in his armor yet. Sean O'Malley is a beast, but out of sight, out of mind, I can't put you there. So the way I would have it is this. McKee number one, Lee number two, Sherbazian, then I put um, Narsrat, and then I finish the top five off with Angela Lee. That would be my top five at uh, under 25 at this present moment in time. But look, y'all do your research, check it out, communicate with me, thefightpodcast.com. Let me know what you guys think. Did I get it right? Do I need some work, man? So check us out. Let me know. All right, man. That is all we have for our five rounds of fight news. Um, But we do have a little bonus. And the bonus news is this because this literally just popped off. And I'm getting a lot of people already starting to hit me up about it. 
Let me pull this up for you guys, man. It seems like we're getting a little bit closer to Frankie Edgar versus Conor McGregor. Um, they they started uh, tweeting back and forth. Um, yesterday was Frankie Edgar's birthday, and Conor McGregor tweeted him and said, Happy birthday, Frankie. See you in December. Frankie responds and said, Thanks, pal. I said, yes, it's on your, it's on, I already said, yes, it's on you and Dana White to make it happen. Kind of responds, there you go, Dana White, make the bout. Give my purse a charity, first responders, one for all, at proper whiskey. That's from the two of them. Hey, man, look, this would be a good fight. This is a great fight for, this is a better fight for Conor McGregor than it is for Frankie Edgar. If this fight happens, we're going to get pretty much see, obviously see a good fight. It is going to be a very tough guy, durable guy in Frank Yeager, who is extremely undersized to Conor McGregor. But we've always wanted to see Conor in there with a wrestler. Well, we've seen him in there with Khabib, but that's always a fight that people have wanted to see if it happens. I guess I'm here for it. But at the end of the day, does it need to happen? Who should Conor really be fighting? If Conor comes back, they're trying to give him a warm-up with him fighting Frankie Edgar. What ends up happening is, well, nothing. They'll end up trying to insert him right in the title shot, and then he'll jump over somebody who's probably more deserving and the person who probably should be fighting in Justin Gaethje. So we'll see what happens with that one, but I think if this does end up happening, this is absolutely, this is the first moment of MMA trying to give somebody a warm-up fight. I'm telling you. Check it out. Watch. Wait. Let's see what happens. All right, man. Um, I don't know about that, bro. I'm I'm not a. Uh, I want to say I was excited at first, but the more I think about it, I'm like, why would you put Frankie, who just dropped down to 135 pounds, to fight somebody who also fights up at uh, at 155 pounds? So now, not only is fighting out of his weight class, he's fighting up too. What? I don't know. We'll see. Look. The ball's on Frankie, though. Frankie don't give a damn. And you got to love that in him. And I think that's why so many people love Frankie Edgar. Um, yo, another little bonus round. Bonus. Check this out. Um, Ali Alabziz, the um, manager for... Um, <laughs> dude, so this dude is the manager for Khabib Nurmagomedov and uh, so many others. And then Abe Akawa, who is the manager to... George uh, Jorge Masvidal and others also I think got into it at the PFL event and now Ali is banned from uh, pending any uh, PFL events crazy Um, when there's more (laughs) information about that I'll let you guys know all right man this weekend this weekend we have UFC um uh, UFC Boston. It's always a big deal when it's in Boston. Um, Dana White's from Boston, so he always tries to put a fire card together. And this one honestly shouldn't disappoint. It's a pretty legit card. It's headlined by 11 and 0, number four ranked Dominic Reyes, and he's fighting against Chris Weidman, who's number eight ranked middleweight, but he's also the former title holder at middleweight. Um, look, man, this fight should be good. I'm not gonna lie to you. It should be really good. I will. I'm be honest. I think Chris Weidman wins it though. I think he's always been a guy who struggled to get down to 185. He walks around big in the 220s, from what I understand. They said he just ragdolls heavyweights. Stepe Miocic included. I think this dude's gonna go up there. I think he really found his weight class. Um, 
he's taken a, a lot of losses recently, but even under his own admission, man, he was winning most of those fights. He was. Dominic Reyes has shown some chinks in his armor. I think he lost his last fight. I see Chris Weidman coming up here and getting a big win and then ending up um, possibly fighting John Jones in the very near future. We'll see what happens. Um, Co-main event. Excited for this one. Part two. Part 1B, really. We have Yair Rodriguez, the number seven ranked dude at lightweight fighting against Jeremy Stevens. Remember, this fight was supposed to happen a month ago. 15 seconds in, Yair poked and scratched Jeremy Stevens' retina. The fight had to be stopped. It was no contest. They put it right back on the books, and now we're going to see happen. A lot of people beforehand ended up picking Yair. A lot of people are changing their picks. And I'm going to be honest with you. Because of the way Yair acted afterwards, super emotional. He was really being really strange. Dude was being a weirdo. Let's just keep it a buck. He was being a weirdo. The fact that he was being a weirdo, I can't lie to you. I cannot um, pick him at this one. I think Jeremy Stevens is going to be a little bit more cool, calm, collective. He's going to show some veteran savvy, and I think he's going to end up catching him. If he catches him, this is going to be over in the third. All right. Um, also on this card, we have Greg Hardy against Ben Sassoli. Ben Sassoli is a guy who was on the Contender Series. Again, stopped because he got iPod poked in the eye. Supposed to be pretty good. Fighting against Greg Hardy. Look, man. I, I'm not going to pick against Greg Hardy right now. Um, Dean Tom is somebody who is a friend of the show. Someone who I respect said he's a really good guy. Um, and that's from his were his lips, you know. So he says he's a good guy. He says he's changed. And he's going out here beating people up. I, I can't give I can't pick anybody over him at this point in time until he starts fighting some legit um, competition. I got to go with Greg Hardy. All right, this one here is something I think a lot of people are excited about. Joe Leozon, the legend, um, who is on a little bit of a losing streak, is fighting against Jonathan Pierce. I'm going to be honest with you. Joe has lost three in a row. His last two have been big KOs. He has 15 post-fight bonuses in his career. It's in his hometown of Boston. I think he gets 16. I think he gets the finish. I think he retires at the end of this fight, man. Joe Leozon gets this uh, via submission. Also on this card, we got Macy Barber. Macy Barber, um, the number five uh, ESPN top five under number five under 25, man. So they think she's going to be a star. I agree. Uh, she has to fight Jillian Robertson, who's good. This is number 12 versus number uh, 15 at 125, women's flyweight. I think Macy gets this. I think she's good. Um, and I don't think she's going to start getting tested until she gets into that top 10. Um, I think after this win, she should get the top 10 opponent in Alexis Davis, someone who's a grizzled veteran, someone who's solid, someone who's durable. I would say that would be the next fight to make. And finally, the one I want to talk about is Darren Wynn. Darren Wynn is an absolute monster at 170. He is Daniel Cormier's protege. And uh, this dude fights just like a little DC. He's small for the weight class. 
Big power in his hands, incredible wrestling. He came in number four in the Olympic trials at his weight class. Dude is a beast, which that means he's the number four best wrestler in the world in his weight class. So dude is the monster. I have Darren Wynn winning that fight. Um, Man, this should be a good one. Remember, it is in Boston, regular time that fight started, but it is Friday night. It's going to be on ESPN on Friday. I have no idea why all these fights are on Friday, but it's going to be Friday night, man. So keep your eyes open for that one. And finally, we have to talk about the WBC IBF lightweight, um, oh, excuse me, um, t- uh, title fight unification. This one should be good. This is Voizdik versus uh, Better BF. Voidic is the WBC champion. Better BF is the IBF champion. Um, Voidic is 17 and no 14 knockouts and, uh, better be of is an absolute club 14 and no 14 knockouts. This should be good, man. In this weight class, there are four different title holders, four different belts. Kovalev has a WBO. B-Ball has the IB or WBA. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I got better BF winning. I don't know if people know this. In the amateurs, better BF knocked out Voidic in the second round. I think he's going to remember this. I think better BF is going out there to knock this dude out, man. And honestly, out of the three other opponents that he has an option for, or should I say Kovalev and Bivol, um, better Voidic is probably his best stylistic matchup. So I got him getting the eighth round TKO, man. All right, man, this weekend should be fun. It should be some fun fights. The UFC card is going to be amazing. That card um, is also going to be Friday, and that's also going to be on ESPN. So check those out, man. All in all, that's all the time we have for today, all the time we have. Um, As always, I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Man, man, I feel like there was a little bit of a funk because of the uh, all the sad news and the deaths and stuff we had, man. But uh, still, all in all, we had a lot of fun, um, a lot of great info for you guys. Remember, I'm your host, Serge Vicente, the underground king. And this is what we're here for, man, giving you guys great combat sports and culture. Remember, let everybody know where to find us itunes google play spotify soundcloud stitcher thank you as always to our sponsors sage eats chicago get 10 percent off your first three months sage eats chicago.com and check us out everywhere podcasts are available at the fight podcast um and should i say social media at the fight podcast and check me out on the website uh, thefightpodcast.com. All right. Uh, thank you guys as always. Love you guys. Let everybody know where to find us. All right, man. You guys have a good one. This has been episode 150 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Deuces. Deuces.